Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. This is Naomi of Dope Nostalgia. How are you guys doing? This is episode 118, and I've been really stoked and excited about the interview that I did for this episode because this group was definitely one of my very favorites in that era, The Party. Now, some of you might not be familiar with The Party, but they were based out of Mickey Mouse Club, like the all-new Mickey Mouse Club that came out in like the early 90s, I want to say. Might have been a little bit in the 80s, not quite sure, as the Mickey Mouse Club is an institution that has been around for several years beforehand. The group has been through a lot lately, including a devastating loss. They also did a reunion show in Orlando not too long ago. And Chase, Jason Hampton is here with me today to talk about all things about the party. And I couldn't be happier. Let me give you a little bit of background info on them. Wikipedia Moments. The Party is an American pop band originally composed of members Albert Fields, Tiffany Hale, Chase Hampton, Dee Dee Mango Hall, and Damon Pampolina, all of whom were cast members of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, or MMC, from 1989 until 1991. In 1990, the Disney Channel formed a pop band composed of then-current cast members of the 1989-1994 Mickey Mouse Club. As part of the promotion for the band, a Name the Band contest was held. The result was The Party, which is a backronym for Positive Attitude Reflects Today's Youth. The group was also the first signing to the Walt Disney Company's pop music-oriented label, Hollywood Records, which at the time was distributed through Electra Records. The self-titled debut album was released in August 1990 on Hollywood Records. First single, Summer Vacation, was moderately successful, peaking at number 72 on the Billboard Hot 100. The following singles, I Found Love and That's Why, peaked at 79 and 55 respectively. The album also charted at 116 on the Billboard 200 album chart. During this time, the Disney Channel produced a special titled The Party in Concert. The group's success landed it opening acts box on major concert tours with the likes of Taylor Dane and Vanilla Ice. The group also appeared on various shows such as Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, Into the Night starring Rick Dees, and The Party Machine with Mia Peebles. In the summer of the following year, Summer Vacation was re-released in remix form. In 91, the covers and remixes EP called In the Meantime, In Between Time was released, which was supposed to have kept fans occupied until the group finished its next album. But the EP took on a life of its own. The cover of this song by Dawkins, called In My Dreams, ended up being the band's biggest hit on the charts, peaking at 34 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 16 on Radio and Records Chart Top 100. The song would also score the group's appearances on shows such as Club MTV, a return to MMC, and another concert tour, this time with the R&B band High Five. In 92, with the release of the group's second studio album called Free, the band had shown growth with its changing sound and more adult-orientated lyrics. 
Teddy Riley wrote three songs for this album, including the new Jack swing-tinged title song, Free, which was also remixed by the likes of house music artist E. Smooth Steve Silk Hurley and Grammy Award-winning remixer Maurice Joshua. Dr. Dre produced the song, Let's Get Right Down To It, and the group itself also got involved in the writing and producing of the album, which was once again landed another concert tour, this time opening for Color Me Bad. Promotion included its last special for the Disney Channel, All About The Party, and an appearance on the Blossom episode, The Best Laid Plans of Mice and Men, in which the group performed its song, All About Love. However, the album was not as successful on the charts as previous ones, which prompted Damon Pampolina to leave the group. In 93, the group disbanded, and Hollywood Electro Records released The Party's Over, Thanks For Coming, with little advance notice. This farewell album consisted of outtakes from the free recording sessions, coupled with other songs recorded prior to the group's disbanding. In 2013, the party reunited without Tiffany Hale and began working on a fourth album. July 2013, the party released its first single and video in two decades called Salute to Summer on the group's website. In 2019, they reunited as well for the Mickey Mouse Club's 30th anniversary. And then Chase, Albert, Damon, and Dee Dee reunited as the party for their first concert in almost three decades at the House of Blues in Orlando, Florida on September 11th, 2021. I'm sad to say that Tiffany Hale passed away on December 25th, 2021, at the age of 46. We have a lot of wonderful memories to bring up from over the years, and we're so blessed to have Chase and Hampton here on the show with us today. There oh, it is. You look, you look great. Yeah, well, we're kind of, we kind of lined that up good. <laughs> well, thank uh, you so much for your time today, Chase, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. No, thank you for doing this. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great episode. And it's actually really anticipated by a lot of our listeners to have you on the show. And a lot of people miss the party. So this is going to be good. <laughs> All right. So starting off, this is mostly Don't Nostalgia is mostly a podcast that kind of focuses on things that happened in the 90s yep. and what everyone's doing now. Um, so I wanted to start talking about um, the debut self-titled album in, and then in the meantime, in between time, those were my favorites as a teen and I played them quite heavily. So what was your personal favorite of all of the party albums? Oh, wow. Um, I would have to go with free. Yeah. Uh, and then the last album that didn't really get any play. <laughs> um, Free because they finally started taking us seriously for uh, uh, writing our own songs and like having more creative input. Mm-hmm. Um, when they first put us out, they really, you know, they, they, have, a, they have a guy for everything. You know, hey, we're going to write songs. You're going to be this guy. You're going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of times Albert would get all the cool songs. We'd be like, bro, you know, I can rap too, you know. And it's like, <laughs> no, the black guy's going to rap. Damon's going to do this. You know, he's going to do this. And, and, and you are going to sing. You have crazy hair, so you're going to sing rock and roll. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm listening to Jodeci and everything else under the sun back then like anybody else. But, mm-hmm. but I did get into Pearl Jam and, the, you know, the 90s kind of Seattle sound and all that. So it, it did. Uh, it, it, I, I love music all around. But, um, but I do love Free because they did let us uh work with who we wanted to and um we had good relationships at that point with like the president of hollywood records we'd come into the office and they'd be like okay boys what do you guys want to do and we'd be like uh we want to work with dr dre 
And we know, actually, I think we said, we want to work with NWA. He said, who do you want to work with? And we said, NWA. And he's like, and we were, we were being facetious. Obviously, we're from Disney. You know, it's like NWA. Um, <laughs> but he's like, okay, hold on one second. And he like puts his phone down and does like the old school, like, you know, conference call. Mm-hmm. And it's all of a sudden, it's easy on the phone. Yo, what's up? It's easy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the president of Albuquerque is like, yeah, I got the party sitting in here. I got the party sitting in here. They want to work. They wanted to, you know, they were talking about you guys. And, you know, we'd like to uh, have you guys produce a song. He's like, oh, okay, man, I'll turn you on to Dre. I'll turn you on to Suge. And all of a sudden, we're in Suge's hand. And Suge's picking us up, rolling us around. And we're working with Dre. But that was like the, um, that was the priceless education within the party that we got. You know, we might not have gotten monetarily rich uh, or anything, but the educational aspect of, uh, of being able to go down to Virginia Beach and work with uh, Teddy Riley or, uh, you know, and just, just sit, sit there behind Dr. Dre and just watch him work, you know, and when he, when he came up in the Super Bowl, you know, just recently, and he's behind that board, that's, that is truly how you see Dr. Dre. Like anytime we were with him, he was behind the board. I mean, the guy didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. There's a there's hundred other guys in the room moving around, doing stuff, you know, making sure you get something to drink or talking or, you know, mm-hmm. or wrapping off the cuff. Snoop would come in and out back then before he was even Snoop, before he was like launched. The DOC was in there, but, uh, but Dre never moved. He was always a workhorse. And uh, you know, it's something that I think imprinted on us as, as kids too, like watching, okay, this guy's for real. He's not, it's not just, you know, some guy that's talked up. This guy's really doing the work. You know what I mean? He, he was really, and Teddy Riley too. It's, it's, it was interesting yeah. to watch these legends, uh, you know, in their environment at work like that. So I, I really loved Free. And then um, the last album, um, The Party's Over, Thanks for Coming, um, was the same situation. You know, we got to like, even more so, they trusted us even more so, because at that point they already knew we were going to end it. You know, we were, we were already talking about we were just going to split up. And um, because we had asked for a band, we actually said, we want to go on tour with a band. We want to go on tour and do all these things. And they were like, guys, you know, pop music is really not happening right now. That was when uh, Pearl Jam and everything was really hitting hard. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, I guess it's over. You know, not realizing that it all goes full circle and just, we should have just waited it out a little bit, but, but the guy wasn't going to stifle us from having careers. So, um, you know, we, we, we split it up, but um the last album, he was like, okay, I'll give you guys each a budget and you guys can do whatever song you want. And that'll be kind of like my, my gift to you guys, my going away gift. So they gave us a budget and I went and did uh, Moving On uh, and, and, uh, and everybody kind of did, did different things and kind of experimented in, in, in genres that they might not have done before. Like Didi did this song called Yellow Butterfly, which is one of my favorite songs I've ever heard. It was with like, it, um, I can't remember the name of the band. Um, that did it with her I want to say the soul sonics but that might not that might not be right Um, jazz band but like flutes and like just really Mm. pretty really cool stuff that we weren't normally getting you know on an everyday basis it was something that you know really kind of showed our individual personalities and even Tiffany too you know Tiffany was writing on that stuff she did Mm. a song called sorry which was great wow yeah, no, I and I think that it's important that people know more about that album. We'll play some clips from it on the show too, just so people can get a taste if they Sweet. haven't heard it already. Yeah. 
Why do you think going back a little bit um, that in my dreams, the single did so well? And did you anticipate that would happen with a cover and remix album? No, I mean, we didn't, we weren't listening to, I mean, I was into rock, but I wasn't into doc. I wasn't in docking, so to speak. And no, no slam yeah. with docking because later on I got became educated on all this stuff, but, yeah. and even, and even met those guys. Um, but no, that was the, that was the brilliance of the producer, uh, Julian Raymond, who was kind of the in-house producer for um, Hollywood records. He, he did a lot of my tunes. He did Rodeo. He did uh, Boyfriend. He did Peace, Love and Understanding for us. Um, but he was kind of like the rock and roll guy. And I think that was kind of his, I'm sure he got bored doing all these real poppy, poppy songs. So he was always trying to insert things like that in there. Mm. And I think that was, I think that was his idea. And also Peter Paterno, who was the label president at that point was a really, he was a big rock guy too. He, you know, he was the guy that purchased Queens catalog before, you know, he, when Hollywood records first started, they purchased the queen catalog. So they owned queen and then they signed us. So that was kind of like the order of um, people that came onto that label. We were the first signed band on Hollywood records, but queen was already purchased and bought. So the label was kind of built upon you know, having this insane catalog. And that was before Freddie Mercury died mm -hmm. and also pre Wayne's world, which Wayne's world kind of put them back on the map for our generation, you know? Uh, but yeah, just, it was a crazy time for sure. But yeah, in my dreams, um, I, I didn't, I didn't know if it would, uh, I don't, I don't really know how I felt about it. I mean, we, we yeah. thought we had cooler songs at that point we were working on. Um, but now I realize, you know, I look back and I realize the brilliance of it, you know, doing a, a song like that, especially when you hear, you know, Dawkins' voice, when you hear his voice in comparison to what Dee Dee ends up doing. Um, and I've seen John Lynch at, at NAMM shows and, and talked with him about it. He's like, dude, I have your, I'm like, you might not know who I am, but we covered your song. And he's like, of course I know who you are, man. You're on my fireplace. He's like, I got your, I got your version. He actually said, he actually said, I think your version charted higher than ours. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's really cool, man. Um, it's a freaking rock God, you know, but um, it was super cool. And I think we got a lot of, the thing is we didn't get a lot of respect. Nobody cared. I mean, people don't like to hear this, but people don't really care. People didn't really care about the Mickey Mouse Club when the when Mickey Mouse Club was over. Mm. So the Mickey Mouse Club, if you watch the Mickey Mouse Club, then you were extremely lucky kid because most people weren't able to watch the Mickey Mouse Club. And a lot of people don't realize that. So when we went to Hollywood and got agents and all this stuff and we we're like, Hey, we're on the Mickey Mouse club. They're like, what the hell's that? I don't care. Take that off your resume. Like a lot of them made us take it wow. off our resume. Um, it was not really, it was not a talking point. It was not respected. Um, they do that a lot of times with soap operas too, for whatever reason, which is sad oh, okay. because soap operas are a lot of are incredibly hard work, but for whatever reason, it doesn't carry the same value when you're when a, with an agency or with production. Mm. and uh mickey mouse club kind of ran that way almost like a soap opera in a way because it was every day and it was you know uh that kind of mad pace um but in that sense it should have gotten way more respect just for that that aspect we were doing choreography we were doing musical numbers you know every day how do you remember all this stuff you know these kids are crazy uh, i mean it's it's it became infamous by the amount of people that broke out of that show so as, can, as people continued to move to Hollywood and continue to impress people and be like, where the hell did you come from? Well, I was on the show called the Mickey Mouse Club. No way I heard that from this other guy that's super talented. You know, and it just kept happening. Uh, and now you got not just stars, but you got, you know, superstars that have come out mm -hmm. of that show with, with not only the NSYNC thing, but, you know, Britney and 
and Christina and Ryan and, and Carrie Russell when she was doing Felicity and a number of others, Americans, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just so much talent that's still untapped uh, through all those kids, but, but a lot of people just didn't care. So when we were on the radio and we came out going, Hey, we, you know, you didn't say we were on the Mickey Mouse Club. You didn't say we were from Disney. Because at that point, Disney didn't have a reputation for creating pop stars like they do now. Mm. We were on the we were on the beginning of that. Now they have you know the Miley Cyruses, the Demi Lovatos, the Olivia Rodrigo's, all these people that have popped out of this machine. Uh, so when you came into a radio station and said you were from Disney, they were like, <laughs> they didn't care. They were like, no way. So Summer Vacation came out on a black label. I mean, I mean, a black label, like as, as black as, as black as this notebook, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was just, it was said it was black and it had summer vacation across it. That's what went to the radio station. They had different mixes. It didn't say nothing else. And that's how we started getting played. Here we go. Here we go. Here we, and here we go. Yo, man, Al. What's up, D? It's cool bugging you like it's bugging me. Woo, indubitably. Man, I'm not down with summer school, you know? Well, I understand what you're saying, so why don't we just kick the ballistics and come get stupid? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, because, you know, just the other day, yo, I was clowning in class like I usually do. Girls on my tip, there ain't nothing new. Haven't had a book since I don't know when. Looks like a grand session's about to begin. Everyone's sweating cause finals are here. But I'm getting real sick because summer's near. I started my old countdown, it's in effect. But just one week to yell, I jet. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get down. Time to go up and have some fun. Tune in, move on. skip forward to Dokken, you know, albums later, uh, DJs know Dokken. DJs know the hit, that history. They're at that age where they probably listen to Dokken. So they might even be stuck there playing pop music going like, oh, I can't believe I have this stupid job. You know, I want to be doing the rock channel. <laughs> and then going, oh, these guys covered Dokken. No way. That's cool. Let me hear what the hell this is about. And then just being pleasantly surprised with how kind of fun it was. Um, I think that had a lot to do with the, the the history of that, the success of that. Just the that was a brilliant, a brilliant move in that aspect. No one was really doing covers like that. It was just almost they're doing them a lot now. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things you'll hear on TikTok, and you'll hear things where you hear a song you recognize, but it's completely reimagined. You know, it's completely different. Uh, I don't. I just don't remember them doing a lot of that back then. And of course, nobody knew Dokken. None of our fans knew what Dokken was. They thought that was a new song. They thought that was just some cool song that came out. I didn't even know about Dokken until like maybe five years ago. <laughs> well, there you go. You know. There you go. Yeah, I mean, if you were a horror, a horror fan, like, you know, any Nightmare on Elm Street fan would have known it. Because mm. uh, I think they did a, a cover song or they did a, a big soundtrack on one of those movies back when Nightmare on Elm Street was at its height. 
Yeah, I didn't even know In My Dreams was a cover. Like, I didn't even know. I, your version was the first one I heard. And then later on, I hear In My Dreams come on by a rock band on the radio. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yep. And then uh, people think, I mean, people think that about Peace, Love, and Understanding. And Peace, Love, and Understanding is probably one of the most covered songs out there. Mm. Lots of people have done Peace, Love, and Understanding. It's true. Yep. No, but it's uh, interesting when you said, too, like a lot of people didn't know about the Mickey Mouse Club because, I mean, I'm in Canada. Um, the only way we could get the Mickey Mouse Club was on like a super cable package, which a lot of people, like you said, didn't really have access to. So, yeah. Or you had was, a big satellite dish in your backyard, which a lot of people, yeah. uh, not a lot of people, but someone might have known someone on the block who had one of those huge satellite dishes mm-hmm. that you never see anymore. Um, <laughs> but I hear that a lot, you know, and there were people in other countries who would get it as well from those satellite dishes. Yeah. So it was an afterthought to think of Mickey Mouse Club for me because I discovered the party first. And I think it's because of your exposure in the teen magazines, like the bops, Tiger Beat, all of that. And that's how I I discovered you guys and picked it up from there. Our our social media. (laughs) Exactly. How did you guys enjoy and embrace doing the whole uh, teen magazine photo shoots and interviews and such? Um, I mean, it was all fun, but I'm sure... There were times when that got real daunting just because yeah. the questions were always so like silly, you know, what's your favorite <laughs> color? What's your sign? What's your first, you know, kiss? So a lot of times, a lot of times they would create a day for us to do those. So they'd be like, okay, you're going to do you know, 10 of them in a row. So they'd, uh-huh. they'd set up this room and we'd come in and do photos. So each, every hour, every new person to come in, we would do the photo, their photographer would come in, we'd do the photos. And you'd always see us like screwing off and being dumb which worked for the party, but in another situation, it might be like, come on guys, you know, like you're screwing around, you know what I mean? Yeah. But again, we were kids, you know, we were like a lot of energy and it was hard to keep us focused. We were, we were kids. Um, and then, but of course, answering those things. I mean, I read some of those things now and I can tell I was being sarcastic on purpose just to see if they would print it. <laughs> uh, like for instance, I don't know how, how rated your podcast is, Oh, but, you can say um, whatever you want on here. <laughs> the, the, there was one that said favorite song, and I put uh, Sexy Motherfucker, Prince. <laughs> yes. And they didn't even read it. They, were, they printed it in a teen magazine. And I was like, oh, oops. You oh, know, and I, was, I knew I was being, someone had to have caught it. But I mean, I, I know, I remember reading it and going, oh my God, you know, I knew that I wrote that just to be obnoxious, just because I was like, oh, let's see if they, there's no way they're going to print this, you know? And you just start firing them off. You said, and you're like, and then you start thinking, well, I've answered seven of these in a row. I can't answer them all the same. So you start like getting creative and messing around. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I hope, I hope anybody who ever read those never got too upset at us and just realized we were probably a little overworked that day or tired or, you know, just being kids. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we could have gotten in some serious trouble uh, touring the world and, and, you know, being teenagers and, uh, but we did we did pretty good we didn't get we didn't get too crazy <laughs> we we kept it kind of in that realm you know what I mean it was pretty yeah innocent. yeah that's true I wonder what it would have been like for you guys if social media had existed oh, in the form it is we'd now. be arrested we'd been in jail <laughs> <laughs> no I mean we talk about it all the time it's like the amount of assets we'd have if we would have had a cell phone camera you know mm-hmm. just walking around Tokyo or you know Indonesia or you know, just some of the places we found ourselves and 
stuck at or ended up at, or, you know, we were, there's many times we got surrounded by fans or stuck, stuck in a situation one time in Canada uh, at the Toronto mall. I don't know if you were there or happened to know that situation, but it was during the Kuwaiti war and we came into Canada, we played the mall and we shouldn't have been playing the mall. We were too popular for that, for that venue. Mm-hmm. but of course you know you're backstage like okay so what we're gonna do we got all the cops we're gonna line you up we're gonna bring you in we're gonna do, 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 do. And you're like okay cool you obviously got it under control we walk out there within 45 seconds the the aisle shut so we had no way back to where we had come from we were kind of stuck in the middle of the mall wow. and everyone just started like closing in like people were pushing and getting close they were closing in on the stage so they surrounded us and had us like they got us down on our knees and they they had us like <laughs> put our they duck and cover kind of yeah and, and you know there's like three three rows of mall so yeah. the next layer of malls up there and these people look like they're getting ready to jump because they're getting pushed towards like those railings music stopped within 45 seconds and uh the, the concert stopped and um all of a sudden the SWAT team comes in your your SWAT team I don't know what you call them there in Canada like what if they have a certain yeah. name SWAT but team. the but the shields, the, the riot helmets, the whole bit coming in basically to clear out teen, like pre-teen, like kids, you know what I mean? Not even teenagers, like kids and That's like Disney fans. Level. And it was, it was nuts. And it actually kind of, it, you know, it, it kind of cemented our, our spot there in, in Canada. Cause every time we came back, it was always talked about. And the next day on the cover was like a Beatlemania kind of thing. Even though we were in the middle of a war, the front cover was this situation. So it was always pretty wild. But we were always like, we'll be back, we'll be back. But the, the, the remainder of our concert was backstage talking to people who had broken ribs or who had gotten hurt because so many people got smashed mm-hmm. uh, in this concert. So the ambulances were there and it was, it was a mess. But we came back and ended up playing, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank now, I should be shot for this, uh, Wonder, <laughs> Wonderland? Canada's Wonderland, yeah. Thank you, ding, 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 got it. So we came yeah. back and played Wonderland and we're like, we're back. You know, Tarzan Dan brought us out. And, uh, I love him. And it was a blast. Yeah, we were, we were breaking volume records and we were having everybody stomp their feet. And, yeah, so we, we redeemed ourselves. But Canada was one we, that happened in Asia, Asia a couple of times when we got surrounded. They were rocking the van. Mm-hmm. And it happened in Korea. And when you're a kid, that's exciting. It was kind of exciting. We're like, whoa, yeah, the fans are rocking our van. You know, this is nuts. <laughs> this is great. What are we going to do? But, but at the same time, we're not recognizing where we are. We're not in America. Okay. So out of nowhere, military vehicles show up and literally start head, you know, uh, hitting people with the butts of their gun, you know, block, blocking people off the van, getting people off the van. Wow. Uh, and, and it became all of a sudden, then it became like from excitement to like, oh my God, this is meant to tears. You know what I mean? Like this is, we got to get out of here. This is scary. And they, they ushered us out uh, even to the point where when we left in the hotel, when we left the airport, we were rushing in the airport and there were fans at the airport. So they were rushing mm-hmm. us in the airport and there's military in those countries in the, in the airports. And a lot of times these guys are, they look like they're 17 years old sometimes, you know, a lot of times these guys don't look like they're, you know, a, a big manly, you know, you know, guy. So I remember this very vividly. We had, our, our parents weren't there, which they usually were a lot of times. And this, we had one guy watching out for five kids, mm-hmm. you know, and he was our tour manager. And he's holding the door, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. And Dee Dee was the last one. Because Dee Dee was the last one, they thought she was a local. Oh. 
the military guy thought she was a local. So the military guy blocks her and pushes her in the face, you know, pushes her with the, his gun and pushes, pushes her back and uh, doesn't hit her, but like, you know, shoves her back, you know, no, nope, no entrance, you know, no, no, no. And our tour manager grabs the guy's gun and goes, no, <laughs> goes, no. And I'm like, all right, we're all dead. We're going to get shot. You know, but oh, the guy, the guy realized this military guy realized he messed up and let him in. But, you know, it's just situations where you find yourself in like that. Like, again, if we had a cell phone or if we had a means of documenting things and writing those things down or posting mm-hmm. uh, our experiences, I mean, I can't imagine that'd be so fun to revisit and, and look back on and, and I go mm-hmm. through, you know, I have to, I have to dig, dig pretty deep to find any uh, pictures of those times. Do you have any uh, of like Tiffany's, the Tiffany's mom? Um, like the videos and stuff from Japan, some actually, yeah, I actually just found a CD of uh, us in Japan. Hmm. And uh, because we were always being photographed and because we were always doing stuff, it's funny, you know, when we were, when you're a kid and I, maybe all kids are like this, uh, you know, when, when a mom or somebody comes around with a camera and they pose, we're always like, you know, ah, come on, get out of here. You know, and now I'm wishing so much that we would have been more like about it, you know? Yeah. T- Tiffany's mom would, was that, was that girl, that mom that was always there with the camera. was always, and she'd be like, smile. And we'd be like, oh, come on, Nancy, leave us alone. But now I cherish this stuff. You know, I'm look, I'm look, all the stuff I have is because she shot it. You know, so I'm so thankful. I've even told her so many times. Um, but I found one where she had given the camera to Tiffany, and so Tiffany was like, had the camera. So Tiffany's like flipping the camera back and forth, and and we're on an airplane. So we're just screwing around on an airplane. You can only imagine we're on an airplane for 12 hours at a time or something. I'm going overseas. <laughs> you can only imagine. You only imagine what we're doing. We're writing songs in the bathroom. I mean, like you know, just being being kids, basically. You know, taking over aisles. Yeah. I think we had the Game Boys back then, or the little Nintendo, Nintendo uh, Game Boys. There, there was nothing, nothing better than than that at that point. It was pretty. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if my kids saw that, they'd be like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, my I think the rest just, of it was consoles still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first yeah. portable and the only one at that time, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, most of them, most of it's all up here. Um, but yeah, I sure wish. I sure we wish we would have had uh, cell phone cameras at the very least. That'd have been fun. <laughs> well, I tell you, how old are we again?
Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Hey, I'm Josh Rodriguez. And I'm Mike Zacchio. And we are the the new new pod pod on the block. block. Every week, Mike and I will be breaking down our obsession with everything boy band culture. From bangers to bops to fashion and everything in between. If it's boy band related, we've got you covered. We also want you to be a part of it. So call to our hotline and leave a voicemail for the show. 818-308-4084. Be sure to subscribe, give us five stars, and leave us a review. Follow me at Mike underscore Zacchio. And I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. You can follow New Pod on the Block on Instagram at New Pod on the Block. New Pod on the Block. Every week on your favorite podcast platform. The Mickey Mouse Club is here. Weekday afternoons on the Disney Channel. And every day there's something new and something different. Monday. Monday is music day where you can rock with the hottest stars and the reddest videos. Tuesday. Tuesday is guest day where you never know who's going to be there. Wednesday. Wednesday is anything can happen day where anything and everything will happen. Thursday. Thursday is party day. Need we say more? Friday! Friday is Talent Day, where kids all across America will be put into the Mickey Mouse Club Hall of Fame. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Any day and every day, the only place to be is the Mickey Mouse Club. offer my sincere condolences on the loss of Tiffany because it's appreciate your dear friend and an incredible talent and we love her so much too as fans so what can us fans do to honor her memory do you think we Uh, obviously obviously uh, we have the GoFundMe up there we have the GoFundMe up there right now which is has been very helpful for um for her mom and her family um I think just uh you know, a big corner is turned just for the sheer fact that uh, her mom was willing to uh, talk about it, you know, and, and really wants to share the full story, which is something we've always wished we could do. And but we wanted to honor her, uh, her family the best we could. And, and we wanted to keep her safe. Um, and because of social media, because of all those things, 
it just she wanted to stay private she wanted to stay back behind the you know behind the lights but uh we were in contact with her things were sent to her um i think she did know that she had fans out there that loved her and cared about her um so that's that's all great stuff but to your point i mean um the nami uh nami and nami nami i don't know how you say it exactly but that's been a tremendous help to um to nancy's family mm. um it's a mental illness uh charity and they help mm. families um so if you if anybody's needing help like that or looking for assistance that's that's the nami.com i believe or dot org uh would get you to a great place you know a great starting point and i know that's mm. what what was helping uh, tiffany out <clears throat> but yeah i mean she hasn't she wasn't able to you know uh make a living or you know do all the things that we know she was so great at doing you know and, and i know a lot of fans felt robbed a lot and felt even angry that you know they thought she had turned her back on them but i know hopefully now they see that wasn't the case so. mm. Yeah, yeah. You could. I mean, I, you could imagine. I've I've had some pretty, pretty crazy messages in my inbox uh, from yeah. people who, who who just think like, "Well, how dare she?" You know, we spent our money on her CDs and we adored her, and now she's not even going to give us the time of day. And it was heartbreaking to know that I could, we couldn't respond to that. It was just like, eh, you know, she's in a private. You know, sorry, you have to respect, have to respect that. Yeah. So it's her yeah, business. It's been very tough. But then, but this way, I think, you know, again, you know, I'm sure you, you might have even seen my message I, I put out the other day, but, um, you know, this is a conversation that's, it's in, it's in the, the light right now. Timing is everything. You know, you got tennis stars, you got Olympic stars, you got gymnasts, you got people finally talking about this kind of stuff mm. uh, and the pressures and, and mental health is a very vague uh, word. You know, it's obviously encompasses so many different ailments, but but just having that conversation is important. So, and I think, you know, when, when she died, I think it was a big wake up call to a lot of us because we all feel like we're still kind of young. So that's one kick in the head. Uh, but now knowing a little bit more and knowing, you know, about her diagnosis, um, I'm sure we have, and I know we have uh, many fans who have the same ailments and have the same, same issues. So absolutely, I hope, I hope they can find comfort in and just sharing, sharing that with her, you know? Absolutely. And that's the thing too, is that regardless of what people may think of the situation when they, when they're not involved, they don't really know, but I mean, you've got to take care of yourself first, you, you know? Oh, yeah. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, she was definitely missed at the time and she's going to be missed and I, I'm going to honor her legacy with this show as well. Um, Appreciate that. Of course. Um, now I wanted to also ask you about what you were doing solo when you were doing your rock projects, like your band Buzzfly and such, and now, or your interests more lying in pop or rock in general. I'm just trying to keep it moving. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I loved writing, uh, by doing different genres of music and you just, you learn something new every time. So, uh, what I was doing. I, I enjoyed doing Buzzfly because my partner, Mike Vizcar, is a rock and roll stud. So I, I really got to kind of live that out and experience that and play rock and roll row there in California and play, you know, Roxy and, you know, whiskey and all these awesome clubs that all the rock and roll people played. That was just something I've always wanted to do. Mm. And I felt like it really helped my songwriting, uh, helped my knowledge of music, just in, in instrumentation. 
uh, even behind the scenes. Um, but I think I'm always trying to just do new stuff. I mean, I even do, I do hip hop stuff. When I came here to Boston, I fell into a hip hop crowd of, of guys who are really great, great uh, hip hop artists here in, here in town and, um, and doing really well. Mm. Um, and I do, I've done vocals for them, you know, and enjoyed it just as much. It's fun. So I really don't have a, a preference on my favorite kind of music, I guess. If I have mm. a band and then, yeah, I want to do some, it's fun to do some rock and roll, but it's hard to do those songs. It's hard to even do pop songs when you don't have a band. It's just not as fun. You know, it's like, ugh. you know, you're missing such an integral part of, of that. Hip hop's easier to do uh, with that when, especially if you have a DJ or a mixer or some people who can bring some other elements to it. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, Buzzflies, you know, maybe we'll release some more stuff at, at some point. Um, there's a lot of songs that you know, need to be remixed and put back out. And uh, it's just time. <laughs> it's just what was time. one of the- what was one of your favorite of uh, those tracks that you did for Move Buzzfly? It's the one, the, my favorite one is not out. I mean, it's not out there anymore. You would have had to have bought it. And it's, uh, it's not even it linked was, onto yeah. YouTube. I don't think so. Ooh. I don't think so. I need, my buddy needs to remix the album and we need to release it. Uh, it had a skull on it. it had a skull. Mm-hmm. I wish I had it here. I wish I had it sitting around here. I had a picture of it around here somewhere. And of course it's not going to be around close by. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a skull on the front and of course, my buddy Mark Warden took it. He took a lot of our fun photos. Um, but the skull, I actually brought back. Uh, I was on tour and bought, I bought it on tour. I brought it back off tour. But it's just a crazy, crazy story. But it's like, it's carved and it's like a, it's like, it's just nuts. It's this crazy mm-hmm. antique thing. Um, but yeah, the, it's kind of like, it's kind of sound Eastern Indian-ish. A lot of the songs, but the song was called Bodhi Tree. So if anybody had that album that's listening, um, uh, Bodhi Tree was the one of the main songs off there. Another song was Dig It, which was just a simple, fun song. Um, but it has Pat Travers playing all of, a lot of the guitar guitar solo on there. He just walked in the studio one day and he was just like, "Hey guys, what's going on? I'm here. I'm in town." And we, I was like, "Hey bro, will you play a guitar solo for me?" And he's like, "I'll give you two takes." And I'm like, "Done." Boom. <laughs> No way. And both of them and both of them were like insane. So I was just like, done, done, done. Thank you. You know, what do you need? Here's a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what am I getting you? I'm buying you a beer. What do you need? Yeah, that's um, pretty sweet. Yeah, just it's those those kinds of experiences are so fun and organic, you know. And uh and of course when you listen to those songs, you remember those memories and even telling the story now. That's what's so great about Tiffany, even, you know, because like when I hear the songs, I can remember where we were in so many different places. I can remember being on stage with her. I can remember doing the video in A&M Studios, where they, which is the old Charlie Chaplin stage, which became the Muppet stage. Uh, and I mean, it's like, you know, all these just crazy, crazy things just fly through my head uh, when I hear those songs. So it's fun to know that, um, I said this on my, my post the other night, uh, that we get, you know, as a, I'm sure, and everybody gets to do this in some way, but as a musician, as an artist, we get to leave things behind. You know, we get to leave our feelings behind for, uh, when you're when you're no longer here, you know, yeah. um, you know, we still get to enjoy Queen, even though Freddie Mercury's not here, and we get to sing at the top of our lungs in the shower, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and it's fun for us, and we all have different experiences and memories when we hear those songs. You know, maybe where we were when we first heard it, but you know, you can only imagine what the band actually thinks when yeah. they hear those songs. You know what I mean? Think about what Brian May thinks about when he's hearing the Freddie Mercury song. Uh, you know, it's crazy. All the memories yeah, that's what, of making, yeah, making that's what we're going happen. through. 
Yeah. And I was talking to a lot of other, you know, guys, Chris Kirkpatrick and other, you know, guys from Linear, even. I was talking to Linear, Charlie from nice. Linear. And because uh, and, and he called and he was, you know, you know, sending me his condolences. And I'm just like, man, you know, I've had people pass away in my life, but never a band member, you know, never someone who you've lived. It was almost like a visual representation of your life. You know what I mean? So it's like they can explain because when you share so many things together, you know, it's, it's deep, you know. Yeah. I've had I've had relatives that I've had grandmas that I've had, you know, and it's it's just everything's di- it's all different. It all it all hurts. Um, right. but this 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 is it's different. It's definitely different. So I was warning them. I'm like, yeah, get ready, because at some point this will happen to you too. It'll happen to us all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. wild though. I'm leaving you the door is slamming. So the first time I started talking to you on Instagram about doing the show, you were getting ready for the reunion show in Orlando in September there. So how did it go? And are there going to be more of these? I, well, I hope so. I mean, it was, it was expensive to do. <laughs> so yeah. we obviously, when we wanted to do it, we wanted to do it right. So, and we didn't have a lot of time to get together and, you know, we put a band, we put a band together and we had basically just hours of rehearsal uh before we walked up on stage and haven't done something together and you know some of those songs we actually never did on stage before really yeah so that was kind of fun so you know we were really pushing the limit of, of what we could do but you know i, I think uh this happens up to me on auditions and stuff and i'll come i'll go on an audition i'll work real hard i'll go on an audition and i'll come out of the audition and i'll be like what the hell just happened <laughs> <laughs> like where was the last 15 minutes that's kind of how that show feels. It was mm. just completely surreal, you know. And I remember the the parts that we did for Tiffany as well because I kind of stopped in that moment and really sucked it in. But you know, the responses from people have been incredible. You know, people literally saying that was the best concert I've ever had in my life. You know, I had the greatest experience in my life. There was a news, uh, the uh, Orlando, it was an Orlando Family Magazine. It's a, it's a big local family magazine. I was just reading his letter again because I, I'm gonna I have extra copies to bring to the other band members. And he's going him and his wife are just like, you know, it was so great to actually meet you in person this time. And uh this was the greatest concert we've ever been to to date. And I'm just thinking to myself, how did we do that? Like, you know what I mean? And I it wasn't anything more special than I think just people hearing songs they never thought they'd hear again. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was just that was just really the recipe uh, of that. Because there wasn't lasers and robots walking around. I mean, there was 
I mean, it's just us. It's just us. And of course, having a band is always really awesome. And the, the band is great. Uh, we used uh, this band called Epic Epic Band. And they uh, are the kind of the band of Disney. They do, like, if you ever go to Disney Springs or you go to Epcot, you see, like, the Great American Stage. And you see guys really rocking it out. A lot of times it's these guys. So they're so well rehearsed. They're so ready to go. Mm-hmm. And the singers are, all the singers that sing the backgrounds and stuff, but those guys are incredible singers on their own merit they could all be soloists um but yeah yeah so we really we were set up for success just on the fact that we had such so many great people so many great people working with us that's incredible yeah that's why I'm but i hope i hope you do, do some more i hope yeah. so i hope so yeah the rest of the country would love to see it i'm sure too um, we did film it so we'd, i'm gonna have to get in there and actually just okay. find the time to actually put some stuff together to, to put out so we did film it, but again, we're trying to do so many things. Uh, we have 90s con coming up here soon, so we're getting prepared for that. Nice. Yep. Got to have merch made and got to, you know, got to have all your ducks in a row. I got to get <laughs> myself plans. some party merch. <laughs> Hopefully um, we're going to have some new stuff soon. So cool. that'd be good. So any current projects that you're working on right now besides getting ready for the con and everything? I mean, I... To your point, I'd like to, uh, and we're help. We're trying to manifest, you know, what what you had just said, and that is uh, kind of getting getting the ball rolling for for more performances, you know, or for opportunities mm-hmm. to show up. A lot of times, people won't just knock on your door and say, "Hey, I got this great idea." You know, you have to. This is like with anything in life, you have to actually get out there and and you know get your get your boots dirty and you know put your money where your mouth is and, you know, make an investment in yourself. And that's kind of what's been happening. And you know, we've been out there just going, you know what, if nobody's going to ask us to do it, we're just going to do it ourselves. And then yeah. sure enough, everybody shows up and we had a great time. So thank goodness. Everybody showed up. Thank goodness. Because as soon as we booked that, that show, everything was starting to lighten up. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, COVID came back with a vengeance and they started closing everything down again. So, right. uh, that that venue they they cut the capacity on us so hard i, I think it's like a 2000 seater venue and they you know they would only let at first it was like 300 something and they ended up letting about 400 450 people i think in the door at the end of the day but so did everybody have to be it, like it spaced great. out um no they had to be it was like it was kind of like at your you know we had them spaced out we actually put tables there so yeah. people would feel obligated to to be spaced out but you know that's that, we kind of knew this would happen. I mean, imagine like new kids on the block walking on a stage and everybody going, "Now stay at your tables." You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Everyone's going to not the run new kids on the block. But you know what I'm saying? People people pay good money. They're like, you know what? I'm going up there and I'm catching a towel, you know, or whatever. So <laughs> so it became fun and and nobody you know nobody I, I didn't hear of anybody getting sick. I didn't hear of any problems. Thank God because that would have mm. made me really bummed out because we did do like a meet and greet before. And we didn't want to set it up with like plastic and, and all this craziness, you know, everybody's wearing. Yeah. So we had like a, you know, how they have the pews in um, House of Blues, mm-hmm. like like church pews. So we had a church pew so that the person who was taking the picture could sit down in the pew and then we could stand behind uh, the pew and kind of like lean over them and, and we could get as close or stay as far away as we felt comfortable. And of course, we're all like, yeah, what's up? You know, of course, we all went in. But, um, <laughs> yeah. If someone would have had a problem with that, we could have just kind of backed up, you know, and just been like, hey, 
whatever um, people are comfortable know, with there you go yeah I, I didn't hear anybody complain i didn't hear anybody have any special requests um, i think they i think they saw that we were trying our best to uh, to manage that which was extremely difficult uh, there's so many moving parts because it's cha- changes all the time you know one week we're fine the next week they're like you know we might have to shut shut the show down and i'm like guys we have people coming in from la and from different places you know we can't so they we got it done thank goodness exactly and i do want to do it again we had a great time uh you know just internally for us to see each other is very healing uh you know Mm -hmm. as brothers and sisters you know it's just it's just fun it's like we just pick up pick up where we left off every time do you know what everyone's up to right now i saw a dd on gray's anatomy i think that was a while ago but yeah it was a while ago but that was the last time i remember seeing her and being so excited i was like i know her yes i don't know if she has anything coming up now uh of course she's gonna be at the 90s con with us mm-hmm. um but I don't, I don't know if anybody has I, I don't know of any breaking news at this point to give you sorry <laughs> that's all good people can always <laughs> as soon as i hang up out. i could get an email i mean you never know that's okay i'll i'll give some links out there to people so they can follow your guys' social media and obviously like follow all of you on instagram so that's usually where i get the good good stuff of what's happening so we're trying all sorts of stuff. I mean, we're definitely, we definitely have some new merchandise we're working on and uh, we have a vodka that we've actually started uh, getting into. Uh, cool. put it, getting, getting that launched is actually incredibly hard. We have it. It's just, yeah. but to get it in people's stores and to get it out there is, is extremely difficult. It's a whole, it's a whole game uh, wow. that we're learning as we go. It's interesting with distributors and, you know, laws of moving alcohol over state lines and different things it's it's a wild it's a wild thing but uh you know you see all these guys doing it so it's like why not the party the party vodka that makes sense it totally makes sense and it's good too (laughs) now that we're all adults it's really good too i'm like i'm like let me taste this i'm like i was like oh this is great yes we'll try to find it in canada that might be a chore Well, well yeah once once we get it everything we're close. I mean, we actually have the bottles. We have we we have it going, but um, we just have to do like kind of a, an official launch, so to speak, yeah. and then you know put up put out the web page and information for it for everybody. But we're close. That's awesome. Sixteen-year-old Chase, now as an adult, what would you tell him, the teenager? Oh, what do you have listened? Advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, I think we all had a pretty good head on our shoulders when we were kids. Uh, we had great parents and that's definitely the key to that. Um, what I would have definitely made myself understand is that, uh, you know, your connections are everything in life, you know, and, and to manage those, manage relationships um, without needing something, uh, meaning to call people to check up on them, call people to say hi, call people to ask if they need anything. Mm-hmm. Don't call someone when you need them. Um, or just because you need them, because that'll, that'll always happen in life. You know, you'll all of a sudden you'll be like, oh my God, I just got a ticket. Oh my God, that one guy works at the courthouse. Maybe I can call him. He'll know what to do. You know, or I'm going to need a lawyer. Oh, who do, what lawyer do I need? Or I'm going to need something, you know, or I, you need some right. favor. I need to get in Disney. <laughs> I hear that enough. There's people that call me out of nowhere. Just ask that question. I'm like, where have you been last decade? Uh, you know, but yeah. you'll always need something from your friends. And I, I wish, um, I wish I had traded more like business cards i wish i'd put my hand out more and said hi i'm chase you know what's your name i was a little more introverted and shy and i still i'm still kind of that way i have to force myself out of that even still um but in those situations where you know i have damon and albert who have such explosive personalities a lot of times i would just kind of like kind of just fall back to the back or shy back um i wish i would have been a little more like out there and been like hey what's your name what's you know what's your connection you know give me your phone number um, because as I got in, as, I, as I moved to LA and I got into life, I realized that all those people that I probably met <clears throat> were doing the same thing and they've only excelled and moved up in their positions. So a guy that I might've met at a radio station, it was a DJ might now be running the entire division at Atlantic, you know, but I, but I never kept in touch, you know, I never, it's, it's that, you know, so yeah. it's something that I, you know, when I work with kids and I mentor kids, I, I teach them a lot and I try to explain those situations about, you know, how to how to manage your relationships. And it's, it's super important because you don't want, you don't want that done to you. There's always that one guy who calls when they need something. And you're like, why did I answer? <laughs> That's really important for people to know. I'm glad that you mentioned that because sometimes we do that and we don't think about it. You know, it's, you, have to consciously, you have to consciously uh, do it. What you should do, what you should really do. And when I tell my, my kids, I say my kids, but like students that I have, you know, try to pick, try to pick two or three a week or at least two or three a month, if you can, just to randomly reach out to. If you think about somebody, just reach out to them and just, we have so many ways of communicating. See, back then we didn't, I was introverted. So I didn't want to have a phone call, but now I can, I can, now I can text message somebody and I don't have to have like a whole extensive conversation. I mean, Hey man, just thinking about you. Hope you're doing okay. Done. You know what I mean? And I've just, I've just done that. And then they were probably go, Oh man, that's cool. Yeah. I wonder what you're up to. You know what? I was just thinking I, I could use you on this job right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, and that, but if you never got to that point, you would have never gotten the opportunity, you know? So th- those things happen a lot. And uh, it, so many things are just so random in life, you know, just by being in the right place at the right time. So in that, in that sense, uh, that's what I would have told 16 year old. That's <laughs> perfect. Sure. That's awesome. Uh, we always ask this at the end of an interview. And I, I wanted to ask you what kind of either a food Clothing item, toy, whatever you can think of makes you nostalgic for the 90s. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, music makes me nostalgic for the 90s. But um, if I just go home to my house, the whole, anything in my room there is puts me there. I got metal hats. I got, I mean, I can't even <gasps> think of My head's flooded with all sorts of stuff. Metal hats. Are you talking about the caps that had like the plates across the front? I've been looking for one. 
<laughs> like the, the hardware? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them have gotten ripped off over the years or they've gotten, uh, I'd wear them on stage. If they came off, they'd get smashed pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the metal Rhythm Nation hat reminds me of the 90s all the time. So sweet. I'm trying to think of something more like cool, though. Um, I mean, let's see what I got in my See what I got in my drawer. Sure, I got something. Yeah, take your time, though. I nice. can edit. <laughs> now, this this is what I'd be. Uh, this is where I would go if I was to uh, say one particular item that that means a lot to me. That's from the nineties. I'd give you that. I'd give you that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yep, I still got it. That's amazing. This sucker's been, this sucker's been around the world a couple times. No doubt. Oh, that'll be awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna post that on my on my Instagram for everybody. <laughs> uh, well, it's been like amazing talking to you. I'm a huge fan and can't wait to see you guys and what you're gonna be doing next. So, and thank you for sharing about Tiffany and all your memories and experiences too, because we love her and we love you guys Thanks. all. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Hun. Thank yeah. you so, so much. All right. Well, take care. I will tag you in the social media and everything when this episode is ready to come out. It's probably going to be about a month or so away. Okay. Sound good. Awesome. And, Absolutely. And I'll share, I'll some, share song, some song clips and everything. Sweet. Okay. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful day and anytime you get reach out anytime. Okay. Thank you, Jason. You take care. Of course. You too. Bye-bye. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.